המשמר, נימה נט! המשמר יישר שורותיו לימין, עם רווחים. לימין, שב! Ladies and gentlemen, shalom and welcome to the welcoming ceremony for the President of the United States, the Honorable Joseph R. Biden Jr. The plane of the President has just landed. Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Folds, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Thursday, July 14th, 2022 in the Gregorian calendar and the 15th of Tammuz, 5782 in the Hebrew calendar. Yesterday was wild. I'll tell you all about it. Stick around for a colorful show, especially at the end, where I'm going to tell you about the Maccabea Games that open tonight, which Biden, U.S. President Biden, is going to be giving opening remarks at. And I'm also going to talk about the experience yesterday in watching the U.S. President come down on the airplane in Israel. Very cool. Now, let's get to the news. First up, let's talk about U.S. President Joe Biden's landing into the state of Israel. I went to the airport, the Ben-Gurion airport, to report on Biden coming to the country, and I live-streamed the entire event in a 43-minute stream from the tarmac on my personal Instagram page at Shanafold. That was yesterday. After I finished the podcast, I showered, got dressed, ran to the train, and then got to the airport. Then at the airport, I had to take a bus to a smaller terminal. Then I had to take another bus to the ceremony. And it took two hours to get a very short distance. But I made it. Tons of security. I flashed my press credentials a few times and made it to the outdoor area where there were a few very large tents set up to shield journalists and politicians from the very, very hot sun, which was something that Biden's team was warning about, that they didn't want the man, he's an older gentleman, to be out in the sun, so that was an issue. As I was live streaming a little behind-the-scenes visuals for my viewers online, the plane started to land, and I was already rolling, so it was wild a huge enormous white plane with the words united states of america were on it the stairs were rolled over to the door and within maybe around 10 minutes the u.s president walked down the stairs the israeli military band was playing and marching and the current prime minister yair lapid was announced along with the president of israel isaac herzog who was also announced in both hebrew and in english both of them made short speeches at the podium, which had Israel's symbol on it, the menorah, on the front of the podium. So I felt very proud when I saw that. And then the U.S. president spoke. Here's a clip of what he said. I recorded the entire thing while I was using my elbows to keep other journalists and their big cameras out of my line of view. And of course, I could barely even see the screen with the sun glaring down on it. But you can see it on Instagram and hear it right here in the Israel Daily News podcast. So I'm going to play a clip for you. Ladies and gentlemen, the Honorable Joseph R. Biden Jr., the President of the United States of America. President Herzog. Mr. Prime Minister Lapid, it's an honor to 
to once again stand with uh, with friends and visit the independent Jewish state of Israel. President Nixon was the first American president to visit Israel in 1974. I was actually, my first visit was, as you mentioned, as a young United States Senator from Delaware in 1973, just a few weeks before the Yom Kippur War. I had the privilege of spending time with Prime Minister Golda Meir. I'll never forget, I was sitting next to a gentleman on my right when there were aides. His name was Rabin. I can look back on it all now, and I realize that I had the great honor of living part of the great history of this country. And I did say, and I say again, you need not be a Jew to be a Zionist. The fact is that since then, I've known every single prime minister and it's been an honor. Formed strong working relations with each of them. And now, this is my 10th visit. Every chance to return to this great country where the ancient roots of the Jewish people date back to biblical times is a blessing. Because the connection between the Israeli people and the American people is bone deep. It's bone deep. Generation after generation, that connection grows. We invest in each other. We dream together. We're part of what has always been the objective we both had. I've been part of that as a senator, as a vice president, and quite frankly, before that, having been raised by a righteous Christian who we had dinner at our table every night before he went back to work. And it was a place where we had conversation and incidentally ate. And I remember he taught us all about what happened in the Holocaust. Why weren't the, tra the tracks bombed? Why do we not? Why, why, why? and imbued in us a sense of obligation that we all have. And now as president, I'm proud to say that our relationship with the state of Israel is deeper and stronger, in my view, than it's ever been. So we'll discuss my continued support, even though I know it's not in the near term, a two-state solution. That remains, in my view, the best way to ensure the future of equal measure of freedom, prosperity, and democracy for Israelis and Palestinians alike. We're united in our shared values and our shared vision. I'm looking forward to our time together over the next few days. May Israel and the United States continue to grow and prosper together for the benefit of the entire world. And I mean that, for the benefit of the entire world. Thank you and God bless you all. One cool behind the scenes sort of thing that I noticed while I was there was that when the plane landed, the press, the White House press, and all of the press that came from the United States, there were 120 members of that press. They came down from the plane and a handful hurried into a small reserved section in front of all of the other press and they were on the ground on the tarmac itself not raised up like the rest and they quickly quickly got their cameras up and they got themselves rolling just 
in time to catch the remarks. It was very impressive to see the entire event unfold. And I have to say, I'm really glad that I went because some people were kind of down on it. They said it's going to be hot. It's not going to be worth it. Really was a very, very, very big experience for me in my career as a journalist. U.S. President Joe Biden and Prime Minister Yair Lapid are set to sign a joint statement today titled the Jerusalem Declaration, which stresses the unbreakable commitment the United States has to the state of Israel. The declaration will include backing for extending the $38 billion defense package for the United States. The declaration will include backing for extending the $38 billion defense package the United States first granted Israel in 2018. This is a 10-year contract, and it's a ways away from expiring, but it does take years to negotiate. That's why the discussions are happening now. The Jerusalem Declaration will also see both sides commit to never allowing Iran to obtain a nuclear weapon, which is a goal both President Herzog and Prime Minister Yair Lapid spoke of directly when Biden landed in Israel during the ceremony at Ben-Gurion Airport. In a television interview yesterday, Biden said persuading Iran to rejoin the 2015 nuclear deal that former President Trump did away with in 2018 offers the best shot at preventing Iran from developing a nuclear bomb, which has been a goal of his since the beginning of his presidency, or so he says. The recommitment of that deal is contested among Israeli politicians. However, several major Israeli figures like Defense Minister Benny Gantz support a return to the deal, while others like IDF Chief of Staff Lieutenant General Aviv Kohavi have come out in strong opposition to the deal, saying it's dangerous and Israel needs to take a more aggressive approach to stop Iran's nuclear program for good. Those in favor of the deal say that having relations with Iran is better than having no line of communication with Iran at all. More details about the Jerusalem Declaration are expected to come out today after Biden meets with Lapid. Saudi Arabia is preparing to announce it will allow all commercial flights to and from Israel to fly over its airspace. This is huge. The Saudi leaders are planning to also permit direct charter flights to and from Israel for Muslims who are traveling to Mecca, the holiest city in Islam, for the annual Hajj pilgrimage. At the moment, Israel can fly over Saudi Arabian airspace for flights to the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain but not for flights to Asian destinations, for example. And by the way, this all got started with the Abraham Accords. More airspace was being allowed for Israel-Saudi exchanges, but it's becoming bigger now. Saudi Arabia is more east than Israel, so that's why we are mentioning the Asian destinations, because there are some of them that if Israelis wanted to get to a certain place, would fly over Saudi Arabian airspace. But right now, again, it's just the UAE and Bahrain that they're able to reach using the Saudi airspace. This resolution will shorten the travel times for Israeli passengers, of course. The announcement is not official, but it's supposed to come out as Joe Biden visits the region and takes a direct flight from Israel to Saudi Arabia on Friday. Biden says this announcement is a small symbol of improving relations between the two countries. Israel and Saudi Arabia do not have official diplomatic ties, but the two nations have been warming up to one another, especially in the fight to combat Iran and its regional influence. Now, if you're a bit confused about that, Iran, time and again, says that they want to wipe Israel off the face of the map using a nuclear bomb. They've been public about that. And there are a lot of players in this region that are threatened by Iran and do not want Iran to have a nuclear bomb. And so this sort of enemy state 
has created a lot of allegiances and ties for Israel to other Arab nations that never in the past would have wanted to have anything to do with Israel. It's also expected that Biden is going to try to strike some kind of a deal with Saudi Arabia in order to get gas from a different place and help lower prices in the United States, which are skyrocketing for gas right now. This is pretty scandalous. A United States Secret Service member was sent home this week after allegedly assaulting an Israeli woman. A large group of Secret Service arrived in Israel earlier this week in advance of President Joe Biden's diplomatic visit to the country. One guard, according to the report, was drinking heavily at a bar at the Machen Yehuda market in Jerusalem when he became rowdy, behaved inappropriately, and pushed a woman. The woman reported his behavior to police, who detained that officer. He was sent back to the United States on Monday before Biden ever even got here, but he wasn't charged. If you are getting caught up on your Israel Daily News, we'd like you to consider sending over a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News slash support. The financial support that we get from subscribers helps us maintain our show and helps us continue to grow and try to reach new audiences. Subscribers will get a handwritten thank you note and a little poem that I write myself to let you know how thrilled we are to have your support. Thank you for your interest in Israeli affairs, Israeli politics, our world politics. We have one link in the show notes, which you can click on, and that'll take you to the page where you, too, can make a contribution and feel good knowing that you're supporting independent journalism. So check that out at anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Number two, you can share the show with a friend. And number three, you can follow us on Facebook at IsraelDaily.News, as well as Shanna Fold. That's my personal account. I'm posting every day. My name has two N's in it, and I'm very sensitive about that. You can also find us on Twitter at Israel Podcast. The 21st Maccabea Games commence Thursday, July 14th. So that's tonight, after being postponed a year due to COVID. The Maccabiah Games began in 1932 before Israel was officially a state and the Jews, Arabs, and British who were living here called it Palestine. And at the time, Jews and Arabs were both under the British mandate. They were under British rule in 1932. And one interesting thing that I learned is that Jews were not allowed to come into the country according to the British rules. And so many of them who were fleeing Europe due to immense anti-Semitism and the emergence of World War II were trying to come to Palestine at the time to secure safety for themselves. And what they did was they came here to Israel and they said that they were participating in the Maccabiah Games. Maybe some were, maybe some weren't. But after the games were over, many of them stayed illegally and saved their lives. The games welcome Israelis and Jewish internationals to participate in all kinds of sporting events. It's the largest Jewish athletic competition ever, and even the second largest sporting event in the world. This year, there are 10,000 participants from 60 countries competing in 42 events. Athletes range from 16 years old to senior citizens in their 80s, the largest delegation consists of 1,700 Israeli participants, followed by 1,400 Jewish Americans, 800 Jewish Argentinians, 700 Jewish Canadians, and a really fascinating one. There were just a few from the Bahamas, Jews from the Bahamas. I thought that was very cool. So you have a lot of countries sending Jews to participate in sporting events here, everything from surfing to 
ice hockey. A fully sponsored delegation from Ukraine will be in attendance, which people at the press conference on Tuesday were very excited and proud of. For the first time ever, Olim, or immigrants, as they're called in English, who made Aliyah, who came and got citizenship here in Israel, are being included in the games as their own unit under the Maccabi World Union. So they're not they're they're their own section, the immigrants in Israel. According to statistics from the organizers, around five percent of participants make Aliyah after each Maccabiya game. At the press briefing, we heard from United States women's hockey star Chelsea Goldberg. The 29-year-old began playing ice hockey when she was 12 and now plays professionally for the Boston Blades in the Canadian Women's Hockey League. Goldberg spoke about her struggles finding a place for female Jewish ice hockey players and explained how she finally, after eight years of pushing, was able to bring women's ice hockey to the Maccabea games this year. She needed to prove that there was enough interest from female players. Goldberg also explained why playing in the games is so important to her, and our intern Eliana Neal asked the best question out of the lot of reporters at the press conference. Listen to what Goldberg had to say. Why these games? Like, what does this mean? I'm so proud to be Jewish, and I think after... After seeing my twin brother compete in two games and just hearing the experience that he had and the stories that he came home with, um, it's a very special, it hasn't hit me yet, but it's a very special feeling being able to combine my religious background and my athletic background. Uh, I think that's so powerful. And just being able to meet so many other Jewish athletes that you know are fighting for the same thing and have the same goal in mind, it's just such a surreal feeling. The opening ceremony will be held at Teddy Stadium in Jerusalem tonight, so that's Thursday, July 14th at 7 p.m. Tickets are available online, and U.S. President Biden is expected to come to the games and open the big night with some remarks. So there's going to be a lot of press in the house. Sporting events will take place in Haifa, Jerusalem, and Netanya over the next two weeks, ending on July 26th. There are loads of opportunity for you to get involved in sports or watch from the side in the upcoming weeks. I'll be all over Instagram tonight covering the games and, of course, recording the president's remarks should he come and deliver them. We're all expecting him to. I'll give the full report on the evening when we're back on Monday. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Thursday, July 14th, 2022. Tel Aviv has a low of 25 degrees Celsius and a high of 29 degrees. That's 77 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 85 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. I also usually add in a few personal anecdotes so you can get the inside scoop on what's going on in my personal life. And I always mention our professional highlights from the Israel Daily News podcast. You can sign up for our newsletter on our website at israeldaily.news. Thank you to Michelle Milner for her social media work on our Instagram page, israeldaily.news, and our interns, Eliana Neal, Carly Breckner, and Amberly Jin for writing some of today's stories. I'll send you off with the IDF band's rendition of Israel's national anthem and the U.S. national anthem from yesterday's 
ceremony when Biden landed. Enjoy the live video that I recorded and have a great and productive day and an excellent weekend. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Holding on to a banister, hoping I don't fall, waiting for the president. second after the Star Spangled Banner. All right, we see that the president is down on the floor. Next to the president and the current prime minister of Israel. Yeah, deep at this goal. Stay. Check. 